All right, guys, we're back with Patch. All right, we're going to wind up doing more of these kind of conversations. Uh, we're we're figuring out how to get more mic time with this guy. We're having fun. And last time we we chatted, we ended with talking about uh, fear and expectations. So let me set the stage here. Uh, I wrote a post about two months ago on LinkedIn, and let me just read a little bit of it, and then Patch and I will carry on. So in the post, I said, I've been bankrupt, been on food stamps, worked in venture capital and private equity one day, and then the next on the back of a moving truck and digging ditches to you know buy diapers for my kids. Uh, I built millions of dollars worth of homes and multifamily stuff. And and then the next day seemed to turn over house keys you know, back to the bank or see vehicles being towed off on the back of a tow truck. I've cashed out government pensions to build a technology company and uh, I've stood up consulting companies overnight because I had to to provide for my family. And uh, you know, I, in it, I just said entrepreneurship entrepreneurship is tough. Find the right people to do deals with. Patch and I then had a conversation. It might have been on this post or another, which led us to a relationship and these kind of conversations that go on on a recorded thing. So, uh, Patch, welcome back to the show, man. Well, thanks. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. So uh, you commented on, I, you know, you and I went back and forth and I yeah. said something to the tune of what that made you go, oh, hell no. Yeah. I, I was with you up until you said at some point I had to get realistic and lower my expectations. To which point I was like, no, I was, I was with you all the way up until there because lowering your expectations is the that that is you buying into your perceived reality with no hope of changing it and lowering your expectations that's like saying that's like saying i'm halfway drowning and i'm okay to not try to get air <laughs> right like i'm okay halfway dying <laughs> and i'll just maintain there no the goal is still swim to shore or get to life preserver or climb back up on the boat or get to land or like you still need to have your own expectations that can be a realistic too. Right. I wrote a post um, called second shift suck on patchbaker.com. You can Google it, but second shift suck. The whole idea was, Lots and lots of people come to me and they say, hey, I got this great business idea. I want to do this business thing, but I need to be realistic and stick with my day job. Well, yes, but that does not mean get stagnant. And the whole idea of the second shift suck article was, okay, use your day job right now to pay the bills, but you need to get off at five o'clock. You need to go get some dinner. And then at seven o'clock, you need to be back on the clock working for yourself until 2 a.m. in the morning. And then you go catch some Z's and at seven o'clock, you're back at work for somebody else. And it's like running those two shifts. Yes, you're going to be working 16, 18 hour days. Yes, you do need to have the one job that pays the bills so that you could stand up and you can have the money to get the other job running. But nights weekends, holidays, you got to go to work for yourself to build that thing. And when you get it off the ground and it can support your lifestyle of whatever you have with that day job, then you make the transition. 
you leave the day job, you make this thing your full focus, and you can go back to some normalcy in life. But don't lower your expectation that I'm never going to be an entrepreneur because I don't have the money saved. Well, dude, there's a way to, okay, pull back everything that's frivolous right now. Don't like put yourself through the paces. You feed the kids everything they want, but you eat ramen noodles. You don't go out and get drinks. You don't go anywhere. You don't have to don't burn the $10 in gas. Don't go do those things. Go to the park instead of Disney world, right? Like spend time with your kids in a way that doesn't cost money. Take them on a hike, take them. Like you don't have to go to Chuck E. Cheese's and pizza hut and all these other things. You don't have to go to the mall every single day. Just pull back in areas where you're living frivolously so that you can actually get over that financial hump to release yourself from the day job. But if you lower your expectations, you're going to maintain bullshit life. (laughs) You can't do that. You still have to have the big vision, the big goals. And and one thing that I want to be very clear about this is what I'm telling you is not lip service. I've lived this. I've done this. I've like, dude, the military doesn't pay shit. So like, I've, I've climbed a long way from where I was on, on a government salary and I could not have done it if I didn't say I've had enough of this. Like I want to go do something bigger. I remember the post. Exactly. We were talking and uh, we were talking about happiness and money. And then yes. I, I threw a, um, a Daniel Tosh joke because someone says, someone said money doesn't buy happiness. And I said, bullshit. Have you ever seen someone cry on a jet ski? Right. right. And then you and I started chatting. Right. I remember this. Okay. And then it got to a point where you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. We were seeing eye to eye. Yeah. And then I said, yeah, you got to, you just have to adjust your expectations. You got to change your expectations. And you're like, nope, you lost me, bro. <laughs> Done. You're yeah. like, oh, you're like, Josh, we almost are like twin brothers at that point. All right. <laughs> all right. So, oh man, it, it just yeah. like the light bulb just clicked in my head. Yeah. Right. So we were talking about expectations and I said, you need to, you need to lower your expectations. You need to adjust your expectations. You need to change your expectations. And you're like, done. And I said, I'm not going to explain here. I said, let's jump on a podcast interview together yeah. and I could explain where I was coming from. Cause you were like, Josh, that's the most sincere th- thing I've ever seen you say. And we dove into it, right? Yeah, for sure. All right. So, sure. so let, let's do this. I'll share, I'll share a little bit of it. So I, I hear, I hear yours. Let me share a little bit of mine and then we'll, we'll have an op- open chat. Okay. So when I say you have to lower your expectations, let me give you an example, right? So growing up, when I syndicated my first deal, a couple million dollar deal in real estate or something like that, I expected a, a, a few things. One, that, that all this stuff was going to make me feel better about myself, okay. right? I expected that other people were going to treat me the same way that I treat others. So those are two expectations that I had that are wrong. I think they're not wrong. All right. And we could dig in this. So let's go to the first one. I expected that I would have a different level of manhood or feel different about myself when I did my first million dollar deal or when I did my first $4 million or then, and then it grows. Right. I, I felt like I, I won 
And then I was like, ah, oh, back to sleeping under my desk and trying to put together another deal. Right. Like it didn't, the, the happiness didn't continue. The joy didn't continue because the deal didn't find, I didn't find fulfillment in the deal. And I was chasing that and I didn't right. get it. But, but see what you were chasing was the money. Yeah. I used to do this, right? I used to do this, but again, I need to change my habits in order to get the things that I want. And those become my expectations. For example, if you were running a pipeline where you were cashing out one of those every three days, your expectation would be that people get me into bigger deals. And that's exactly what would happen because you're the money maker. You're the one that's closing. You're the one that's doing the thing. You're the, you're the one with the network. Yes. You would start getting fed deals if you were closing them. The problem is you were chasing the money. So as soon as you got it, you were like, Oh, I don't have another one back to the grind. Well, okay. What if I don't want to feel like this anymore? I need to get more of a pipeline going. So just because you can have unrealistic expectations, like I know some people that are like, Hey, I want to go get a, a start an LLC and then I build it and they will come. Well, that's unrealistic expectation. Cause you don't, you're not bringing anything to the party. You're not bringing any skills. You're not, you haven't done your homework. You haven't invested any time. You haven't invested in your network. You're not investing in marketing. You don't want to put any dollars into it. You want some dude, you know, living in his grandma's basement to build you a website for 300 bucks. And then you want to make millions. Well, that's unrealistic expectations. What I'm saying is if you keep your expectations high and you build your habits to meet the result that you're looking for, you will also be mega happy. Here's a fun little fact about me. I used to chase money. I used to chase money deals. I still do that in a refined way, but I have a different outcome that I'm looking for. I want to be able to give a lot of money away. And you think making money's fun. Wait till you can give it away to things that you really believe in, right? It feels good to write that check, right? It, it, like you, you don't understand the amount of happiness you can have when you write a couple hundred thousand dollars and you're like, don't worry about it. I got the bill. Like that's cool. What I'm saying is I, because I know how to generate money quickly, because I've done the legwork to get the network, to get the investors, to get the different, uh, you know, even even some banking situations that I have, you know, a little bit of extra preference on. Um, I've built the relationships. I've built the team to manage onboarding clients or onboarding companies or, you know, doing website or graphic design or backlinks or SEO or like because I have all that inside of my team. I can do them much faster than most people, but it also creates a mega pipeline of deals coming in and deals going out, which are making money. You know what's cool about that is most of the time, I'm not even doing anything for it. I'm making an introduction to two people. Money's being made. I get to go along for the ride. And yes, I'm smiling on the way to the bank, right? I'm smiling when I get to rebuild somebody's house or you know, buy somebody a car or whatever. So be, I guess w when you say you didn't feel it after the deal, it's because there was this empty space beyond that deal and you had to go hunt again. But what if you're building a system where 
every single week or month or two weeks or six months or whatever, you had a new pipeline of things coming in to where it wasn't, you're done with this deal. Now what? It's you're done with this deal. Okay, I got to start on this next one and I got to finish up these next three and I got to do these next 10. And oh, by the way, I got six calls before Friday of new deals coming into my system. Yeah. So I look at it this way. I agree with you. When you yeah, mentioned, <laughs> not always. Yeah, you do. Let's write that down. <laughs> we have it recorded. You can't just cut that one part and just re- <laughs> put that on repeat. I patch. Okay, I agree with you. All right. I still will stand by the fact is I had to lower expectations. Look at it this way. All right. This is the, fu- you know what I freaking love about this patch is no. that in the world today, nobody disagrees. Everybody's so worried about disagreeing and having a conversation and going, Hey, let me hear your point of it. Hey, here's mine. I, I disagree with you. <laughs> well, great. <laughs> so you just proved my point. All right. right. So in this, right, I look at it like this, there's this almost like a soundboard, right? So you're, you've got the soundboard and you got all these knobs up and down, volume up, volume down. And there's a lot of freaking noise, right? If you pump them all up, you're going to blow the speakers. If you pump them down, you turn into nothing and nobody hears you. So what I do is my expectations, some I have to raise, right? Based on my, you, you and I have talked about this based on my experience, maybe my current situations, maybe I need to raise my expectations of what I expect out of certain people. Maybe I need to rate lower my expectations. So it's a soundboard and I'm mixing my own expectations to get the outcome, or as you would say, the system of what I want. My expectations was money in itself will make me happy or a certain deal, or a certain connection, or a certain relationship, or a certain level of, you know, put it over here, it's, it's sex, put it over here, it's money, put it over here, it's power. If I could get any one of those, then I would feel different, or I'd feel better. I but had to- you should. I mean, look, here's the thing. If you, let's say you're, let's say, um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to come up with something that that's going to hit home, but it's not like, wishing ill will, but let's just <laughs> yeah, thanks. say do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, let, let's just say that let's say you and me and two other people went into a deal, right? We went into a business deal and let's say there's four of us, but only three of us are working really hard on it, right? The other person's just kind of laying out. They're not really doing anything. How long do you think you would let that last? Bump that. How long do you think I would let that last? <laughs> are they capital partners or are we all equal sweat equity plus does, capital? Does it, ma- it doesn't matter. Four of us went in. We say we're doing 25% of the work. Three of us are pulling 100% of the weight. One person is laying out. How long would that last? Not freaking long. It, not long, right? Yeah. Because we're not going to lower our expectations to meet their bullshit investment. So when you have money, this is the cool thing that you can do. You can say, you know what? That person's not good for me. And I have no need or requirement to keep that person in my life. Do you know how difficult it is when you don't have money to let a bullshit client go because you know it's another $5,000, right? Or it's another 3000 or it's another 1500 or it's another $500, whatever. You have to keep people in your life because they... They have something that you require and you're willing to lower your expectations and be treated badly or poorly by that person because you don't have money. But when you have money, you can be like, you know what? 
$10,000 a month client on a 12 month contract. You are not worth my time. Bye. Because you, <laughs> you don't have to worry about where the next amount of food is coming from or the electricity bill or the rent's not going to get paid or your kids aren't going to eat. Right. In certain cases, you, you will keep people around because they have something that you need, even though ultimately you know that they're bad for you. You do not have to do that when you have money. Or if you have an abundance of X, right? So put that X into different categories, money. Okay. So money in a situation where you could fire a client, but if you have an abundance mindset, you can walk away from things because you say, no, my time is more valuable than that. My relationships are more than whatever the case may be. No, 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 you can't mix those. And I'll tell you why. So do you know, do you know the parable about, um, the guy, I, I'm going to mess this up a little bit, but you'll get the gist of it. The guy that um, uh, his, he gets a, a stuck in a storm. He's out on the ocean. He gets stuck in a storm, and uh, his, his ship capsizes, and he's, he's stuck out. He's swimming in the middle of the ocean, and uh, this uh, cruise ship comes along, and they're like, hey, grab the raft. We'll pull you on board, and he goes, no, no, no. I'm going to let God save me. And then they float <laughs> off. And then this, this uh, seagull comes by and he's, he's uh, dragging a, uh, a inner tube with him. And he like shoes the, the, the bird away and says, you know, I don't need your help. I'm, you know, waiting on God to save me. And then all of a sudden here comes a polar bear on ice pack coming by. And he's like, Hey, you know, jump on. He's like, no, no, no. I'm going to wait on God to save me. Well, he gets to heaven and he meets St. Pete at the gate and the guy says, you know, I've been a good, I've been a good person. Why didn't God save me? He goes, dude, we sent you people. We sent you a pigeon and we sent you a, a polar bear just trying to get your attention and you wouldn't take the helping hand. No wonder you're up here because you didn't reach out for yourself. So what I'm saying is in the grand scheme of things in when it it doesn't matter what it is. If you don't have money, you have a family to feed, you will do a lot of crazy stuff Been to there. get money. Sure. If you start switching that out for, you know, sex or family car or, you know, fancy cars or, you know, the mansion on the hill, you can kind of deviate from that. But money is something that you have to have in order to survive. It can't just be food. It can't just be you know, electricity, it can't just be a house. It has to be, you need a couple of things to take care of a family. So in that case, if, if I were consulting you and let's say you were dead flat broke and I said, and somebody gave you an option for $500 a month, I'd say, dude, take the 500 bucks, suck it up, use the 500 bucks to feed your family. Let's go find a thousand dollar person next. Right. I would, I would consult you on that. If you were my little brother and say, dude, do what you got to do right now. It doesn't have to be something you like, but just get it going. And then we can work on something else. It's the same thing back to the second shift suck article that I was telling, talking about, you don't necessarily have to love it, but when you don't have money, you do need to suck it up. On the other hand, once you have money, or once you're well on your way to making money, you can start, you can raise your expectations above what they were, no matter how low you were. Like, let's say, let's say you say, 
I'm, I'm a teenager and I want to make $10 million. Well, now I'm 25 and I've made 10 million. Probably a couple of years ago, I went from $10 million to $25 million or $100 million. So when you start getting on the way to those expectations, you typically readjust them and keep moving them out further and further ahead. But no matter if the guy in, in high school says, I want to make $10 million when I grow up, when he hits 23 or 24 and he's working at, you know, some minimum wage job, do not reduce your expectation that, hey, maybe I'm only going to make six figures. Maybe I'm only going to make 30 grand a year. No, keep those high aspirations because that, and maybe, maybe we're having a semantics fight over expectations to aspirations. I mean, that could be happening. But what I'm saying is, if you lower your expectations, I believe that naturally people settle for the minimum they are willing to get by on. For example, a majority of the population, if you walk out right now and you say, I need to make $2,000 a month in order to survive. Most people will find a job making $2,000 a month, and that's where they will survive. If you say, I need $5,000 a month, you'll find $60,000 a year jobs so you can make five grand a month. But why can't you say my minimum expectation is that I make a million dollars a month? Because it is the same work. It may be a different network. You may have to go do some studying and figure out some other ways that you bring some stuff to the table. But if you're willing to set the expectation, you are willing to do the work to meet that expectation to get the result that you are the minimum that you're willing to settle for. Come on, lay it on me. I know you got some some wheels turning in there. Yeah, so it it may be semantics, but I still have the have the mindset and I might be wrong. So let you me just, <laughs> we're, we're going to take a vote right now. There's, there's two people right here in this conversation. Raise your hand if I'm wrong. All right. So <laughs> in this, my expectations that I had on certain things in life, if I could pick up that chick, if I could close that deal, if I had that car, that house, that whatever, fill in the blank. My expectation on external things yeah. had to be lowered because my internal aspirations and expectations had to increase. I had to lower those things to raise this. All right. Now hear me out on this because I know you got something going on. All right. My mission after I hit my face on the ground, I go, why do I try so hard And why can't I just go get a normal job like anybody else in this world? Because I want to make my $100 million. Because I want to have 100 companies in my portfolio. Because I want to invest. I had to go back and go, who am I really? And why am I doing this? So my expectations on those things, and I was chasing those things. And as soon as I got it, I realized that wasn't really worth it. It was you know, it was just, it fell apart. It dissolved the real estate market collapse or whatever the case may be. But if my mission and my aspiration of why I'm doing these things 
those are what drive me. The money is a byproduct of the value that I, I give. The money and the deals are those, those are the things that I, I receive as a reward for doing it with and for other people. My expectations that those will bring me happy is, is, is super low. My expectations are because this is a part of my mission. When I do a deal, when I invest in someone, when I write a big check, when I invest in someone's life and it changes those, I feel joy and I do this because I like it, because I am it. I can't do anything else, Patch. There's no other job in this world that I can do. My expectations changed from that because I lowered the volume there and I raised it on my mission. Actually, when I focus on my mission, when I focus on my purpose, when I focus on this, even if it didn't make money, which it does, and I'm thankful, even if it did it, I would still find a way to work another job to pay for it. And I did that for seven years. Because I had to figure this shit out. I had to figure out the economic engine of this thing. But I had to lower the volume over here to raise it over here. So yeah, I, I still, it's not a seesaw of life, right? It's, it's, that's why I, I hate the whole idea of like work-life balance. I think it's all bullshit. <laughs> because what you're basically saying is, you're saying, in order for me to, to run a successful business to provide for my family, I have to take away from my family. And if I give, if I give time to my family, then I have to take it away from my business, therefore make less money for my business, uh, for in my business, which provides less for my money or for my family. And then, Oh, I, I need to go back. Oh, I got to go back to this meeting. Oh, no, I got to be there for this birthday. Oh, no, it's bullshit. It's all part of my life. So when you say I'm turning down one thing over here in order to provide over here, no, that's not it. You're <laughs> saying you're changing what you're saying to be you got clarity on what you wanted to do long-term and set expectations to meet that. But that does not mean going back to that $500 a month client that you can lower your expectations. I mean, if people treat you badly, now that you have some money in your pocket, when people treat you badly, do you continue to do business with them? No. Why? Because it's not worth the the because you don't the have crap to. that I because I don't have to and when I show up at home I bring that crap at home yeah and they're just so, not my people but you just don't have to you don't have to take that client to provide for your family and that's what I'm saying like when you have money and I'm not saying money fixes all problems trust me I got enough problems of my own but <laughs> um and, and I don't know anybody with money that doesn't have problems they're just different different set of problems um. But money does help you to have more leverage to make more decisions in what is best for your family's trajectory. I will tell you, though, the more money you have, the more options you have, Yeah. the more refinement on expectations you can have the more influence you can have over um, things in your life that normal people don't have. Like you, like my wife doesn't have to cook five days a week because we have somebody that can, right? You don't have to worry about cleaning up every little thing at the house because the housekeeper's coming. I'm not saying that's a great thing. I'm saying that in the, when you, have money, you can do things and enjoy things and spend time doing things that other people 
never have the opportunity to do. My my children have been in more countries than most people have been in states, right? Like that is that is a cool thing, but it's not cool just because I had the money to do it. It's cool because they get to see culture and different, like grow up here and other people speak different languages. And they, I feel like, you know, I, I, it was so funny the other day, I'm literally in a meeting. I'm closing a big deal, like a big deal. And my four-year-old is standing there listening to this happening. And it was so funny because we were on a zoom call and Everybody went ahead and gave like a little round of applause and he's standing right here and he's like, daddy, me. And I gave him a little high five and everybody just that nobody knew he was there. And he just see this little hand come out, out of the corner and give me five. He's four. Now, does he know everything that's happening? Nope. But he sees daddy doing business. He sees a celebration. He wants to get involved. Like that's setting him up to have those expectations that we're talking about that he can go do cool stuff right so i don't know i i think i i don't want to make it a semantics ar- argument but i do believe in my heart that if you lower your expectations to where you are willing to settle in life and you're not continuously pushing yourself to get to that next level, whatever that level is for you, whatever level of success, you know, the word, the, the word success has a bunch of different definitions for me in every company that I have, the level of success is how many people can we positively affect change on their lives? Like, how can we positively impact other people? How can we make a meaningful deposit in someone else's life every single day? That is success for me. But in order to do that at scale, you got to make lots of money because it costs lots of money to be able to do that. Yeah. Impact, impact costs money. But it, for it sure. also, yeah, it also costs time. It also costs resources of energy, of relationships in those things. So, so I, I think I, I want, let, let's chat this, right? So there's, there's, there's this dichotomy of if, if, if Josh is saying he needs to lower his expectations, therefore this, right? Now, what I'm saying is I'm lowering expectations here because I know the outcome of those things isn't the results I want. I'm raising the expectation. So it's not a seesaw. But it's no, not a balance. It's not that because when you say I'm lowering the expectations, yeah, what you're saying is I refined my focus. You're not lowering <laughs> them there. You're saying, Hey, I did this thing. It didn't work. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm now focused over here. That is not lowering the expectation. Meaning that because I understand where you're trying to go with that, but that's kind of bullshit. It's kind of a cop out <laughs> because you're saying, Look, I, I know that this thing will only make me $500. So therefore, I'm going to still make the $500 over here, but I'm going to go over here and make it out. No, bullshit. This didn't work. I'm doing this now. That's okay. What you're doing is you're, you are, it's not a pivot even. It's refining your life's work, your vision, your goal, your path forward through this life. And, and that's a curvy road. You know, I kind of make this joke the other day, but it holds a lot of weight. And that is somebody said, hey, can I see the business plan? And I was like, no. 
And they were like, why, why, why the sour face? I'm like, because business plans are bullshit. We've all been taught to build business plans like people build resumes, right? Lots of adjectives, lots of adverbs, lots of like fluffing. No, if I build a business plan and I build a lot of businesses, if I build a business plan, the way that I think it's really going to happen in real life, it's going to be like, I screwed this up. I didn't hire the right person here. I had to fire that person. I got a second person that wasn't right. I messed this website up. I didn't go to the right manufacturer. I crashed this. I got kicked off Facebook. I had to, you know, I had to change attorneys twice. It's going to be a disaster road. Nobody would sign on for that. You know what they care about? The reason why people sign on is because They're betting on me to figure out every single problem, address it, move on. What that is called, it's data collection. It's the same way the military does it, right? We go out with this plan. Oh, we get new data in. We change the plan to adjust the enemy tactics, techniques and procedures. And we adjust to actually locate, close with, and destroy the enemy by use of fire maneuver, right? Like that's what we do. Well, we're doing the same thing in business. We're doing the same thing in life. It's not that a problem occurred. That's supposed to happen. That's that's life. That's kind of the, the game we chose to play, right? Bad shit happens. So what? Figure out what are the cards you're dealing with. Play your hand, right? You can, you don't just fold life, right? You got to play the hand. You're going to get a good hand. Make sure you capitalize when you get that good hand. That's not settling and saying I'm lowering my expectations that I'm always going to be a loser. No, that's bullshit. You're not, you're not turning down expectations. You're turning off that I'm folding this, this round. I'm not folding the game. I'm not quitting. I'm just going to wait for a better hand. Okay, great. I mean, like I do that in business. I don't take every business opportunity I have. A lot of people will tell you the, the, the coolest thing, the smartest thing you can say is no. Well, yeah, okay, got it. But you do have to say yes from time to time. And you need to capitalize on those things when they come your way. All the way back to the little parable, right? If he had just got on the cruise ship, he wouldn't be dead, right? You you do not need to, just because you're you're moving or you're adjusting or tweaking how you go on the path, that does not mean that you're not still moving forward. And so let's say you come to a fork in the road and you could go left or right, but on the right hand side fork, there's the avalanche. You can't travel that road. You have to go left. Okay, great. So I got to go left. I'm still going to make the best of the situation. I'm going to try to make that left road as good as it can be until I can cut through the woods or get back to the right path or whatever. And that's okay. Like just because you're not succeeding today, doing the thing that you want to be doing, I'm sure every, I mean, you got, you got a lot of podcasts, man. I'm sure not everyone is as big as you want it to be. Does that mean you're going to quit? No, you're going to keep plowing along till you find the thing that resonates with the audience or you get a bigger sponsor or you get more listenership or you, you know, run more ads to get more views, to get more following so that you can just put your name on anything. Right. Like if Joe Rogan started another podcast tomorrow, you think it'd be successful? Yeah. Right. If Oprah Winfrey started a new show tomorrow, you think it'd be successful? Yeah. I mean, that that goes on and on and on and on and on and on. But why is it like that? It's because they've invested in their network. They've invested in their investors. They've invested in their core audiences. 
they they've they've done the work. If you can say that you've honestly done the work and it's not working out, so you bring on new information and you try something different, that is not turning down the expectation of one. It's saying, fuck that. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to go over here and do this. Right? <laughs> I, I, I could see this. All right. So let me ask you a question. And like I said, we're, we're, we're going to find out a way because th- this, is, this is our impact show where we talk to men yeah. about you know, we talk to men about what's going on in their life from money and sex and relationships. Yeah. So this is, this is the real bro talk that will happen in a locker room yeah. or at one of our events or something like that. And then we have our deal show, but many, many guys, I don't really realize, I think that they realize that business is personal. Like this mindset sure. things about raising expectations, about raising your uh, aspirations, pivoting, folding the card, turning over here, however we approach this, like, this is what I want guys to hear is like, one is hearing other people's point of views, right? And it will have a conversation, but I want, I want guys to be able to experience you and in your thoughts and your beliefs so that they can be challenged because patch, you challenge me a lot. We have fun doing it. Yeah. And sometimes we cuss at each other, but we have fun doing it. And I think we're sharpening each other as we go. So let me ask this question before, because we're, we're running out of time here for guys out there who maybe the shit of life kicked that, you know, kick them down and they're looking at, well, maybe I just lower my expectations. Maybe, maybe that is their thing. There's no, you know, wordplay or anything. They're just going, I'm just lowering my expectations because I keep getting hurt. What, what is a way where a guy can increase his aspirations and get himself out of that funk in your experience? Well, so a lot of it has to do with, and I've found this out and uh, kind of weird ways. Uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, one thing that I did not know, I did not realize is that I was surrounded by like, damn near Olympic level athletes. I did not realize that everybody in the world is not like that. I went to uh, uh, military academy when I was 13. I joined the Marine Corps when I was 17. I grew up in the Marine Corps, like literally had no idea what the outside world was like. When I got out of the military and I realized that there's a lot of dumpy people that will just hang out on the couch, you know, not going to work, not caring that mom's carrying the weight, you know, not like I was, I was flabbergasted in a lot of ways. One thing that that taught me very quickly is the people that you surround yourself by will legitimately impact the decisions that you make. So if you look around your core group of friends and everybody's making minimum wage, I can guarantee you, you are not going to get out. I mean, it is going to be much less likely for you to get out of that world. If everybody around you is making $100,000 a year, if you hang out with them and you're making $100,000 a year too, you are not probably not going to make it to the million dollar club. You have to constantly increase the, the, network of people that you are around you have to hang out with the people that are where you want to go or at least heading in that direction um another thing is 
if uh, if you can't clearly define what's going on in your life, there is no way for you to solve it. So like in my businesses, we have three things in order to get something done, in order to, to assert some kind of asset, whether it be people, man hours, technology, money, whatever, any kind of resource. You have to first write down what is the mission. Third, I'm going out of order. First is what is the mission. Third, what is the end state? And then you fill in the middle, which is second, which is any kind of supporting information, whether that be questions that need to be answered or it's, we consider it commander's intent, right? So I'll give you an example of that. First, my mission is, to go out and find a better job in state. When I'm done, when I've completed my mission, I will have a better job that's paying me at least this amount of money and will do so for the foreseeable future. The middle, like the, the, the commander's intent, I need to apply for X amount of jobs every week. I need to go find people that have jobs available and talk to them about why do they hire certain people? Don't pitch them on getting a job. Say, what kind of people are you looking for? Go talk to recruiting staff. Go talk to, you know, the Better Business Bureau, the Chamber of Commerce. Go talk to everybody about why do people hire other people? It's kind of funny what will happen because, People will say, well, I applied to five jobs this week and I didn't get a call back. I say, great. Did you go down and talk to the Chamber of Commerce? No. Why would I do that? You should go down and ask them who hires what kind of people. This is my background. I'm just wondering who would hire a guy like me? Oh, you know what? I got a guy right now. Hey, talk to Frank. Next thing you know, they got a job. And they're like, but I didn't even apply. No shit, you didn't apply. But you talked to somebody. You didn't just apply through like 4,000 other people online, right? You go to Monster Monster Jobs and 4,000 people apply to those. Like there's no way it's it. The, the people don't even read the resumes. They're literally just saying this is a warm body that was willing to do a resume. You're hired, right? Or it's a six month process and you probably don't have the ability to wait that long. So why don't you just talk to people and instead of saying, Hey, will you hire me? Or are you hiring? Say things like, Josh, my name is patch. Uh, I've got 14 and a half years in the Marine Corps. I deployed for, you know, a long amount of time. I really didn't come up in civilian jobs. You hire a lot of people. What is the thing that makes you hire people? Like what is the deciding factor on how you hire people? Do you think you're going to have a discussion with me about jobs? Yes. And then you're going to say, I bet you somewhere in there, you're going to say, hey, Patch, what skills do you have? Well, I don't really know your business, but I'm assuming that you need a Facebook guy. And I'm really, really good at that. And I'm really good at sales, too. Would you mind if I came and did a week internship with you? If you like what you see, you hire me. Guarantee you, you're not going to say no. (laughs) You're not going to say no. Now, let's say you're not hiring at all. Let's say you're you're legitimately not hiring. You have no spot for me. Bet you the next thing you say is, you know what? I don't have anything right now, 
But my buddy Jerry down the road, I know he's hiring. Let me see if I can't make an introduction. Josh, that would be great, man. If I can do anything else, if I can just come in and intern for you for a week, it won't cost you a penny. Let me just show you what I can do. All right, well, come on down Monday. Are you going to make anything? Nope. But is he going to make sure Jerry calls you back? Yep. It's a whole different approach. Um, One of the ways that I started in my marketing company is I wanted to be the best Facebook marketer in the world. So I flew across the country to go to Facebook and knocked on the door until they let me in. I wanted to be the best. So I went to the top. I'm not going to, okay, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm really going to try to figure out this Facebook thing. So I'm going to go hang out at, you know, some minimum wage job and just kind of hang out here until I figure it out. No, that's not moving me forward. If I have to, to survive, I will, but I want to do it for a very short amount of time. And then I want to get to that next step as fast as I possibly can. And I'm probably going to do that by doing things that the people I hang out with would not do. And then guess what? Somebody from way above you, and this has happened to me on numerous occasions, somebody way above you reaches down and says, this guy's on fire. Let me, let me grab this guy and pull him under my wing. I've had, I mean, straight up ballers do that for me. I mean, straight, and I'm not, I'm not an enigma. This is not something that only happens to me because I was at the right place at the right time with the, it's not like that. I paid money that I really didn't have to go to conferences and I made sure that I met the right people. Not, I didn't even know who the right people were. That's the thing. You don't even need to know. You got to go out there and you got to make meaningful deposits in other people's lives and they reciprocate. And if they don't say, Josh, man, we had a really good conversation at that conference we were at. Who do you know that I could be helpful to? And maybe they could help me. I'm really trying to up my game in this spot and this spot and this spot. Oh yeah. I know that person. I know that person. You don't want to do it the day after you get back. You want to wait like a week because they're getting bombarded and they're following up on all their leads and all that kind of stuff from the conference. And they just got back from a week away and they got stuff to do in their business, but wait like a week and be like, Josh, we had such a great conversation. How can I be helpful to you? Oh, nothing. Okay, great. You're going to say, how can I be helpful to you? I'm going to say, you know what? I'm really trying to elevate in this area of my life right now. I'm here and I want to get to here. Do you know anybody that can help me do that? It's a lot of it is how you leverage that conversation and how you, how you section the conversation off. You don't want to just be begging. That doesn't work. Begging. Even if somebody tries to help you out, it's a half, it's a half ass effort. Instead, you can get people to really truly want to help you out and keep pushing. If the first one doesn't work, They'll get you a second one and a third until they, they really can be like, okay, man, Josh, I'm going to help you out with this. Josh, I'm going to bring you over. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce you to this investor. Now, these are the three things that he likes. Stay away from this fourth thing. He doesn't like it. You ready for the introduction? Here you go. Oh, that didn't work out. I got another guy. Now that I've heard your pitch. I got another guy. Try this guy, right? That's how that stuff works is – you're getting introductions in a way that are not just a referral. They are a, they are a, they have a desire to help you get to your goal. 
If you can't clearly define the mission, you can't clearly define the end state, there's no way to figure out that middle stuff to get you where you want to go. When I was trying to start my marketing company, I said, I want to do a marketing company. And the end result, the end state is I have a marketing company that is world-class, a field in the middle. How do you make that happen? Well, you go to conferences, you go to Facebook, you go to Google, you teach there. You actually tell them all the different ways that they could help serve a community. You go get around the best marketers in the world, whether that means paying to go to the conference, paying to get in the VIP room, paying to get whatever it takes, whatever it takes. If that means I got to go out and mow grass for a month to be able to afford the ticket, then that's what I'm going to do. You just cannot start at the bottom, stay there and expect your life to to totally change. <laughs> you know, you have to you have to have a plan. And I'm not saying you even have to write it down, but it's got to be in your brain housing group. You got to figure out clearly what is my problem and what do I want to do to fix that? And if you don't know, you can also mow grass for a month and get a consultant to tell you what to do next, right? You can hire people that literally do this for a living and get them to make some introductions for you, get the ball rolling for you. Totally. Patch, we're going to follow up with, uh, another conversation, we'll flip it over to the business side um, because we got to talk about fear and getting into the deal. Fear is all said. bullshit. <laughs> and that'll be the next interview. Uh, so actually for the dudes listening in, guys, this is this your host, Josh, fellow dude. Uh, if you have questions for, for guys like Patch, you know, my, my goal, I got a good response from you guys. And I, what I wanted to do is put guys like Patch in front who are going to spit truth to you, who are, gonna, who are not afraid to, to talk about things and topics and, and things that are going on. So if you have a question, guys, head on over to Uncensored Advice for Men. Fill out a quick form or whatever. If you have questions for Patch or, if you, or maybe you guys want to be on, on, on one of these podcast interviews and, and ask some questions or you know, maybe one day we'll, we'll do an event or something to talk business and life and, and do big deals and how to raise, raise your expectations and aspirations and, and put big ass deals in front of you. So, uh, but let, let's start there. Uh, head on over to Uncensored Advice for Men, fill out a quick form, connect with me. What questions do you want to hear uh, Patch talk about? And always head on over to our guest sites, patchbaker.com and uh, connect with them, follow him, learn about his story. Really cool story. And until then, we'll talk with you guys on the next episode. Next time, Patch, we're talking about fear and bullshit. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. See you guys. See you, man.